The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is coming and there is no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because they've got great odds and markets for NFL futures, MLB, PGA Tour, tennis, and more. Plus, their app is safe, easy to use, and when I win, I get paid out fast. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in select states only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, 1-877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined, as I am every week, by my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Chad, brother. We we did it. We ate the appetizers, right? We got done week zero, preseason football. Finally here for the real meal, the week one college football slate. Some real ranked opponents. And then not even, what, nine days now? NFL kicks off, Bills, Rams. It's it's all happening, brother. It's been a long offseason, but we're here. Can I tell you something? Please. I don't know what's going on, but the last two nights, I have woken up with such anxiety dreams in the middle of the night. Can we just start <laughs> doing something that lives up to the expectation? Because I don't know if I can take the build up to the season anymore. I think that's what it means. That's hilarious because we're in such different worlds where I woke up to a sweat where I thought, I bet whatever it was, I think it was the Eagles week one. And I was like in my dream telling myself, no, you said you were going to bet the Lions. So it just shows how me and Chad are very different worlds right now. All right. Well, guess what? People who never sweat, two of our buddies, Stucky, Colin Wilson, hosts of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Big Bets on Campus is essentially the original podcast for the Action Network. These two guys have garnered such a loyal audience. We'll get after the bleep voicemails from fans who were in rare form already this past weekend after week zero. Big Bets on Campus. Download the podcast. Watch the live show, Big Bets on Campus, with Colin Stuckey at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, Saturday morning. Watch it in the Action Network app. Go download. We finally got week one. We got ranked games, ranked teams and big games. We got underdogs. They're, They're both on. We got games Thursday. We got games Friday. We got games Saturday. Colin, you're smiling. Stucky has not cracked since we got onto the Zoom. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a difference. See, I, he looks like he is in process of trying to figure out a bet. I think I'm done hitting lines until maybe Saturday morning. So when you're in process and you've got it all up here in your brain, you're not paying attention to anything. You were just laser focused on winning that bet. So that's what it looks like Stucky's doing right now. Stucky? I won't stop looking at lines. Uh, until say, uh, they kick off on Saturday. Afraid to sleep and, and um, 
That's what, that's what football is like. You're afraid to go to sleep because you might miss a line. Now, I also want to promote Action Network podcast. Raybon and I will be back next week for NFL. And I want to correct something that Simon said. He said last week was the appetizer. I disagree. Last week was like the house bread. And <laughs> this week is the appetizers. Good appetizers. Because we do get Sunday night and Monday night college football. It's like, you know, shrimp cocktail. We got some maybe some lobster, some, some good seafood apps for the table because it's still not the same waking up on Sunday on your couch without NFL at one. So that's the entree in two weeks. So I'll throw out a shout out for uh, action over podcast as well. Listen, I love giving, uh, I love pimping every podcast we have. They're all fantastic. Listen to them all. How many bets Stucky Colin, you said you're done. So let me start with Stucky. How many bets do you think you will make in week one? I mean, probably five or six live bets. And then I would say, I don't know, maybe end up with like 12, to 14 total you have to remember that week one is loaded like with a lot of marquee games but it's still not our full slate that we'll get you know in a month or now because about there's like i don't know 30 count how many 30 games where 30 fps teams are playing fcs teams and i just don't dabble this early in the year in the fcs market um it just, just how am i going to keep up with everything i have to draw the line somewhere so yeah, it won't be as big of a card as I'll have, you know, say a month from now when you have even more FPS versus FPS matchups, but probably end up with like 12 to 13 games. Yeah, for me, every week it's about 10 to 12 games. And a long time ago, I switched up my capping strategy. I would bet on 90 games and I would wonder why at the end of the day I only had plus minus 20 in my bank account. And about five years ago, I would say, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to focus in by Tuesday with my process. I'm going to identify about 20 games that have hit the flag from everything from a stats analytics, from the way the market is reacting to what I know, what I don't think the public knows. And then that gets shaved down to about 10 by Wednesday. And then Saturday morning is all about, you know, reflexes to the market, right? Some things Sometimes these things happen. Kids come down with COVID. We dealt with that for a few years. Uh, we have uh, first half suspensions the first week every year. So, you know, a long time ago, I decided I'm going to shave it down to about 10 plays and I'm going to put all my money into those 10 plays. So if you're a $100 gambler or a $10,000, you want to have that in circulation. But I like a lot less games. That's a lot less management. And then I'll just let the market tell me on Saturday morning where to go. And then the live bets just come and go as I see. Every game you guys are betting, uh, one more shout out is tracked in the Action Network app. Go follow Colin, go follow Stucky. Uh, Stucky has like 90,000 followers in the app. Colin has like 65,000. Are you jealous, Colin? <laughs> well, technically, I think he was uh, he, he was here one day before me. So I guess I give him the nod on 30,000. But, you know, it's funny. It's like I was on Vanderbilt and he was on Hawaii. So it's funny to follow us both because then you can find out why Stucky's like subtweeting me at 11 p.m. at night, you know, but like he's always got a bet against me. So that, that's that would help if you followed us both. You guys have one game. I went through your bets in the app that you have tracked so far. You got a couple games that are the same. One of them is a Thursday game. You also got a game, an underdog, uh, not an underdog, but sort of like, you know, one of those off the radar that only professional betters would think about games. We'll get to both of those. Simon, I don't want to hog the conversation here. Do you have any questions you want to ask before we get to it? I know you want to ask a real betting question, whereas I kind of want to lay the table a little bit. I would say just the respect to Stuck and Colin on their willpower. I mean, for me, week one NFL, I have hundreds of more bets than I would normally make just because of how long the offseason is. It's like some mornings you'll just wake up 
and you'll see a number moved half a point in the direction you want it to. Even though you just bet it the other day, you have to bet it again. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like they're teaching people a good lesson here where you don't need to go crazy. It's a long season, right? Take, take your time, money management. You don't need to bet all 25 games or whatever, 30 games this upcoming weekend. Pick your spots. And like Sucky was saying, the live thing for me is so huge in college football where not that these kids are all so young, but it's just different, right? We saw on that Nebraska-Northwestern game, the momentum shifted after that onside kick. And I feel like in college football, you're always looking for those values. So to me, with the live betting, I love betting the number, like, you know, plus 11, plus 17, whatever you might get. But always throw a little on the money line, too, because it's just we've seen it time and time again. The kids feel the pressure like you wouldn't believe it. So I love live betting college football, more so than NFL. NFL, you can get sucked in a little bit, a little trapped. College football, it's, it's kind of fun where so much random things can happen. You can hit a number. Next play is a pick six. It's just it's very different than betting the other sports. There, there's a big difference between NFL and college football handicapping. If you're like if you don't do both and you don't know the difference, college football hides their injuries. Like Steve Sarkeesian's not even putting out a depth chart for Texas this week. All right. I mean, I mean, and in the NFL, you have to have a clear injury report. So in college football, you treat it like the stock market, which is you buy the rumor, you sell the news. And that <laughs> applies way more to college football than it does in the NFL. Right. All right, let's get to some marquee matchup stuck. I saw in the app, in the Action Network app, you and Colin both had a play on West Virginia Pitt, a play that I followed. That's Thursday night, 7 p.m., ESPN. Give me your take. Yeah, I had the under, under 51 and a half. I think you can still find that out there. 51, obviously a key number in – at football in general, but college football also, you know, 27, 24, 31, 20, it's a key number. So if you shop around, if there's a 51 or 51 and a half out there, you don't want to take the 50 and a half, but you know, if you look at Pitt's offense last year, they were incredible with Kenny Pickett and offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, they threw the ball all over the field and they did it with great success, but who was the head coach? It's Pat Narduzzi. And there was, they were never, philosophically line. Narduzzi just wants to run the ball, play conservative, lean on his defense. And he let Whipple have the reins last year. Whipple's since moved on, gone to Nebraska, and in comes a new offensive coordinator that is just like Narduzzi. And by the way, they lost Pickett to the Steelers, and they lost the Blitnikoff winner, Addison, to USC, their best receiver. So I think they're, they're going to lean on their run game. They're going to lean on their defense. going to play a lot slower, more conservative, on the other side of the ball, there's a lot of questions that I have with this West Virginia offense that I don't think can take advantage of the pit defense. Really aggressive defense. You've got to kind of beat them deep. And I don't think West Virginia is really capable of doing that. New coordinator, a lot of changes. So I think this ends up being a grinder. I think that there's some value on the under. The market's not properly accounting for how Pitt is going to play this year. Colin, you got it at 54 and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was put in the about two minutes after I was standing next to Pat Narduzzi outside the Weston in Charlotte at Media Days uh, when he told me specifically, we don't want to do anything but run the ball like crazy. And Kadon Slovis is only going to need to throw when he has to throw. Now, knowing that Pitt was a top 10 tempo last year and Narduzzi now with Frank Signetti coming over from Boston College, he wants to make this a bottom 10 tempo team. You know, I mean, that was a complete under right away because that number that oddsmakers put out would have been the total at the end of last year with the old coaching staff. So knowing that in the back of my hand, you know, I just turn around, make the bet, 
put it in. This is why you get in the action app and why you have 90,000 followers for stuck and 60,000 for me. Because when I hear coach say, we're going to slow it down, I'm going to turn around and bet it immediately. Yeah. And, and their offensive coordinator that came over <clears throat> from Boston college had at Boston college last year, had a pro quarterback or a future pro quarterback, Phil Jerkovich, who has potential to go to the NFL. And they were one of the slowest teams. They didn't want to act that this is a perfect this is a match made in heaven, Narduzzi and Signetti. They just let's run the ball, be conservative. So I think it sets up for uh, a good underplay to open up the season. I want to get this Saturday. It's like 15 games I want to talk about. I'm going to try to keep it, try to keep it focused. Simon, the first game that I want to talk about on Saturday, it's got to be Michigan. I want to hear what you guys think of Harbaugh right now. I want to think about what you think of this team's prospects. They are. 30 and a half point favorites. Uh, obviously, people are expecting to win the game. I don't care if you have an opinion on this game. I know neither of you bet this game, but there's so much talk about Michigan, so much talk about Harbaugh getting biblical. Do you guys have a take on the quarterback situation at Michigan, how that may play out, and how that could impact betters over the course of the year? Colin, you first. I don't think it has any impact. I think it's all just white noise. Michigan is going to be as good as they were last year. The two, I know there's two new coordinators and usually that's a sign that things are going to change, but these two new coordinators are stepping into the shadows of what was run last year. It's going to keep being run. Now they don't, you know, head coaches in college football don't want kids transferring out. Look what Dave Aranda did. He announced a starter in spring and Gary Bohannon decides to leave town. If Harbaugh was going to announce Cade McNamara as a starter, J.J. McCarthy would have been out of town. So, you know, lip service, you start game one, you start game two. It doesn't matter. They're running the same offenses last year. They're running the same defenses last year. They're going to be favored in 11 of 12 games. I think they're going to be just as effective, and they have a shot to get the college football playoff again. Wow. Nobody has said that. (laughs) Seriously. And we're going to talk about, like, who you guys have going to the playoff, and we'll talk about futures. But I haven't seen one person say they believe Michigan has the horses to get Harbaugh back to the playoff. Jim Harbaugh, I think you mean Bodog Jim, which is what we refer to him on Big Bets on Campus. Our listeners will know that. Uh, Maybe our producer will drop the clip in now. Don't gamble. Don't associate with gamblers. Avoid it like the, the plague. Let's check in with Bodog Jim. Look, they play at Ohio State, a team that they beat for the first time in a million years last year. So I think that the receivers have just Ronnie Bell comes back from injury. The receiver could be better, and that raises their ceiling because they'll have an excellent offensive line. They'll have an excellent rushing attack. But, like, you know, to beat the elites, you got to do a little bit more than run the ball effectively. And we saw that end up biting them in the college football playoff. And, by the way, just from a betting perspective, you have a betting nugget. I don't have – I make the game about 31 – but Harbaugh historically loves rub, running it up on inferior opponents. And Colorado State basically is sort of Nevada now. Like their coach came over, a lot of their staff, and they're changing offenses, running an air raid. So it'll be a lot of potential growing pains and, and, and some uncertainty there. But Harbaugh historically will just – he will run this up against inferior opponents in front of the home crowd. But, yeah, I think it ultimately – Michigan ceiling is limited by the fact that I think Ohio State is – significantly better than them and they get to host Michigan in the finale with revenge. And if Michigan doesn't win that game, you don't win the division. You don't go to the big 10 championship. You're not going to the college football playoff. So um, Michigan could end up 
they got to replace some key defenders that went to the NFL, but their ceiling on offense could be higher. But I just think that Ohio State game, they're not winning it. Kickoff NFL Week 1 with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code FAVORITES to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. Personally, with $150 in free bets, I'd drop it all on the Atlanta Falcons over their season win total. So play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. And starting this week, FanDuel will be live in Kansas. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code FAVORITES. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or over and in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipts. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. So... Talking about my favorite games for the early slate, my number one first game I saw when all the schedules came out was the Oregon-Georgia game. And I knew right away I was going to be on Oregon because Georgia won the national title. They'd be overvalued. Everyone would be all over them. And then I went and looked on the action page on the app. It's a public dog, Oregon. All the money, all the tickets is coming in on Oregon. And the pros have actually been coming on the other side and taking Georgia. So very interesting to see that the public loves Oregon. The number to me is too big, right? Anyone would take that week. I mean, it's week one. These teams aren't what they were last year. We know Oregon gets the recruits, right? They have the speed to keep up with an SEC team will be the interesting part. But 17 and a half is such a key number to me. I would love to hear what, what your view is on that number, Stuck. What, what do you think? When you see a 17 and a half plus two ranked teams first week, don't we always just take that dog there? Like, is there really much to this line or is there a reason to actually take Georgia in this matchup? No, I don't say it. I mean, to me, I... That doesn't matter to me. And my, I make the number 12, eight, like around 13, actually a little less than 13. So yeah, I jumped on Oregon early in the season. There's a little more <clears throat> uncertainty with some of these teams in college football this year, just the transfer portal coaching moves. So maybe there'll be times where I'm not as confident in the number. And in that case, if I show value, then I'll say, okay, is there other reasons why I like this game? And with Oregon, I did. I, I wouldn't take 17, 16 and a half, but over 17, I jumped on Oregon and you get a full, I, I really like this Oregon defense. I love some of the additions they brought in, but they'll be good on the defensive line. They'll be good at tackle. I mean, then this Georgia team, it's going to kind of, to me, it's going to be like an Alabama situation where they dominate, win the national championship, lose 15 guys in the NFL. They're going to take a little step back. It's going to take some time. Now their defense is still going to be excellent, but Oregon has a great offensive line. A guy in Bo Nix, a quarterback who won't be afraid to play Georgia at least. He'll make some great plays and leave you scratching your head. But kind of the intangible here is Dan Lanning, 
the defensive coordinator for Georgia last year went to Oregon and he's now their head coach. Uh, it's call it narrative, whatever you want, but uh, he's a human. What do you think? He, first of all, he knows the team very well. Second of all, it's the first opponent and you win this game. It's probably the biggest game of the season. You have an inside track going to the college World playoff. I'm sure they sp- he spent every waking hour crafting every single possible wrinkle and game plan to unleash in this game. Um, so, and, and on the other side, I don't think if Georgia's up big, there'll be a chance 17 and a half, they're up 24, 20. They, they really want to embarrass their, well, they, so that there'll be a chance for a backdoor here as well. Um, so yeah, I like the number. It, it might end up being a, a trendy dog, um, which you never want to be on, but they, those cover sometimes too. And there's too much value to pass up and, I'm curious to see what Lanning has lined up here. And yes, Georgia's going to reload, but there's got to be some growing pains after all that talent they lost. Colin, you're laughing when Stuck talks about this. Well, no, no. I mean, I think he's exactly correct. I agree with everything that he said. There's too much familiarity between these two programs. I'm laughing because I actually have a runner texting me in the state of Pennsylvania right now because first half totals just came out. And I want the under first half on this game pretty bad. Uh, There's way too much familiarity between these two programs, especially from the coaching perspective. Mario Cristobal did not leave the cupboard empty when it came to the trenches. Two excellent defensive interior players, maybe the best in the Pac-12, an offensive line that he was building to compete with the SEC in an eventual playoff game. Uh, I don't know how Oregon specifically is going to deal with maybe the three best tight ends in all of college football. Uh, that's probably why the spread is 17. I make it a lot lower. I make it just a tad below 14. So yeah, I am a proponent of taking Oregon here, but I think the best bet is the first half under because of so much familiarity and what, you know, I mean, you see this with these teams in week zero, they come out the first two quarters, not sure what they're doing. Adjustments are made at halftime points start to fly. I've seen that with Georgia a billion times. I want the first half under. What are you seeing the first half under at right now? 26 and a half. And um, I'm told uh, there that this could get to 27 and a half, which I, I would happily wait for. There you go. That's why you listen to the podcast. That's why you get the app, because right now I'm seeing lines for so many different sports books. And I'm also seeing, to your point, Stuck, I'm seeing a 17 and a half just in the state of Connecticut. I'm seeing a 17 and I'm seeing a 16 and a half. So if I want to go get Oregon plus 17 and a half, I can still get that right now. Yeah, there's no reason not to – just you're hurting yourself if you don't have as many outs as possible. And especially with the legal market now, open up these accounts. You don't even have to have money in them at all times if you're just a recreational better betting 100 a game. But open them up with money and take advantage of all the bonuses. And then if you have a bet you really like, it's 2022. It's really easy to put money in there and then bet this line that you have. But take advantage of the bonus and give yourself options – and outs uh, to get the best of the number if you want to take this a little more serious because that stuff adds up over time. This is why I got married because my wife's uh, father lives in Arizona, can bet there. My uh, wife's brother lives in Iowa, can bet there. So now I've got a brother-in-law and father-in-law running bets for me. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, Everyone is talking about this Ohio State team, probably the team people expect from the Big Ten to go to the college football playoff. Notre Dame getting a weird amount of respect from voters for the AP rankings. 14 and a half. Colin, I saw on the app, you took Ohio State. 
minus 14 and a half. Explain yourself. I don't know what the ceiling of this Ohio State team. I definitely know what the ceiling is of the Notre Dame team. Uh, they don't have any weapons on the outside. Their primary weapon is a tight end that is going to get you no more than 10 to 15 yards. Uh, their quarterback situation is extremely inexperienced. Where Stucky and I disagree is I don't like Marcus Freeman as a head coach. I think he's the best recruiter in the nation, but I am not sold from an X's and O's perspective that he is the best defensive coordinator in the nation. Now a head coach allowing Tommy Rees to call the plays for Notre Dame, probably the most conservative offense in the nation. So when Ohio State gets up by 14, you're going to keep running the ball. Uh, when Ohio State gets up by 21, you're going to keep running the ball. And, and the only way Notre Dame hangs around in these games against these marquee programs is for instance, in the college football playoff, when Saban just decided to sit on the ball with a 21-point lead because you don't want to embarrass, you know, Notre Dame. I don't understand the, the Notre Dame love. I get it from the AP voters. I get it from everybody that's involved in the non-gambling world. Uh, but at the same time, I saw a team that completely was full. It had just had a horseshoe up their butt last year and covering so many games and having so many turnovers in the second half, they should not have been as good as they were last year, especially in games against Cincinnati, Wisconsin. So I think, I don't know where Ohio state stops scoring here to tell you the truth. And I don't know how Notre Dame's offense can even try to keep up. Stucky. That's a, that's yeah. a aggressive take. Well, Colin said that he only got married. So his wife's family can bet for him. Why, why, not, why not become a polygamist? And then you have multiple families that you can benefit from in different states. But um, I think the line is about right. I make it like 17 before, so I won't be betting this game. But an interesting thing on the Action Network Twitter handle, we tweeted out this, this quote the other day from Marcus Freeman who said, oh, we're 17 and a half with underdogs. I had no idea I'm going to use that on in our meeting today as, as motivation. So I, I tweeted out after that, I said, Here's Martin Marcus even an aggressive thing. Like if they're down 24, you know, he came out and said, Oh, well, how are we 17 and a half point underdogs? Like I assume that he's going to really try to get in the back door here um, <laughs> after he brought it up, which is just a funny, I really want Notre Dame to be down 24 with the ball with like a minute to go and see how aggressive they are. But um, yeah, the, the big question for me with Ohio State, I think this line is about right. I'm a big fan of Freeman. I think that he's the right guy for this job, but Ohio State is just so good. I mean, it's just Ohio State and Alabama. It's one of those years where I would be surprised if they're not the last two teams standing there. They could end up by the end of the year, depending on if Georgia falls off or not, be two touchdowns better than everyone else in all of college football, as crazy as that sounds. But um, the Ohio State, where, why they're that this much better, I think, and close to Alabama, is to hire Jim Knowles, their new defensive coordinator. The problem for Ohio State the past couple of years – has been their defense. It has been a mess. They have had just no structure, no communication, and they bring in Knowles, one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. We'll see how quickly – the talent's obviously there. We'll see how quickly he can get everyone up to speed. The good news for Knowles is that his last game at Oklahoma State was in the bowl game against this Notre Dame team. Um, so that's obviously helps from a preparation standpoint. But the ceiling of this Ohio State team is significantly higher. Not only do you have a Heisman-caliber quarterback – but you now have a coordinator, a competent coordinator in Columbus that should get this defense up to speed. Oh, I love that game. I just, I just even thinking about it, the prestige of Notre Dame, Ohio State. The sun's going to be setting when they're kicking off. It's just going to be, uh, it's the best as college football. So yep. going going through your guys' picks, one that jumped out to me feels like my guy Collins walking right into a trap here. Florida, Utah. Colin, what are you, what are you thinking here? 
What are you thinking, taking Utah against Florida? Is Florida really that down, that bad? The Gators? Oh, uh, you just you just pushed his button. Colin is the biggest. He's basically a Utah alum. He's going to become a polygamist and a Utah alum. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Yeah, I got to know what's going on with all the Utah alum. I mean, easy. It feels like an easy bet for me. I already bet this a couple of times on Florida and the public's with you. Aren't Listen. you terrified right now? Your bet on Utah when you know the public's going to keep betting that all week. Apparently, everyone hates Florida, which – to me, it's just Florida after a down year. I love to be on a Florida team after a down year. Just they reload. I'm so happy you brought this game up. It's Colin's favorite team, Utah, against his least he – I don't even know if he'll say the coach of Florida's name, the guy he hates the most in college football. This will probably be his biggest bet of the weekend. Did you say Utes? Yeah, Utes. Listen, when you're when you're running up tempo offense with two minutes left, you're beating Ohio by 50, and I lose my under, I will not repeat the <laughs> again. That really upset me last year. Scared money don't make money, you know? I, some people like to do black tar heroin. I like to do Utah football. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I came on Chad's favorite show like two or three years ago, and I said Utah's going to win the Pac-12. They're going to go to the college football playoff. They get to the Pac-12 championship. They're favored over Oregon by a touchdown, and they blew it. They just – piss down their leg and, 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 you know, PAC 12 does this to themselves all the time. And we know the rules of college football An SEC team is going to dominate a PAC 12 team in week one. It happens every time, but you see this, the market is reacting to a heavy, I mean, enough wagers to move this thing out to a field goal. Now, if you look at what Florida has and what they're bringing back, yes, they have Anthony Richardson. He's one of the most explosive dynamic quarterbacks out there. He's also extremely injury prone, and there is nothing behind him whatsoever. There are holes on this defense from, uh, from the defensive line to the, you know, the back seven is going to be better than they were last year, but the whole Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham era just this Florida roster is just completely blown up. I, I There's nothing I can say good about them. This is a game that I project well over three, even Utah on the road. Cam Rising, I don't know how you don't watch that Rose Bowl and think that he's not a Heisman dark horse contender. Even saying that, being west of the Mississippi River, playing for a Pac-12 team, uh, if, if Utah plays to their potential, this game is not close. I, 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 I kind of disagree. Um I think this game is going to be close and I wouldn't be shocked if Florida wins. The one factor to keep in mind in these really weird early season matchups is I'll, I'll give another example, South Florida against BYU. That game, everyone is all over BYU laying 12, by the way, BYU's top two receivers might be out. Um, and BYU is, you know what that they don't have in Utah. They don't have humidity and they don't have, they don't have rain. And I think Utah, BYU is 1-10. I think they beat UCF one year in, like, December. They never win in Florida. The humidity. Think about the Packers last year when they went. They played the Saints in – in. then they played, they played in Jacksonville. Yep. In the, and they looked like they were still not ready for the season. These teams from non-humid weather going down in their season opener in pure humidity – um, against teams that are practicing in it with rain and all of that. Um, for the first game, it's tough. Um, so keep an eye on South Florida in that regard, who a couple of years ago, early in the season, upset BYU, and BYU wore down late. Um, so cramps, just not ready for it, fumble. So keep that in mind. But I actually think that that Florida-Utah game is going to go right down to the wire. Uh, we've hit uh, polygamy. We've hit uh, black tar heroin. If we can get like some kind of murder, uh, murder, murder uh, in, in the rest of the show, I think we hit the trifecta. Uh, you guys are both 
on Texas State as an underdog against Nevada. Before we get to college football playoff and any other futures that you think are worth betting, I always like, like, there's so many games in college football. I want to give people a taste of how to look down the board and see value because a unit win is a unit win, no matter who you bet on. So, Colin, give me a Texas State take here. Uh, Jake Spavadol, uh, multiple years at Texas State, has an offense established with a quarterback that made a name for himself at Arkansas State. Uh, they're going to be able to do more damage against a Nevada defense that frankly had no business beating New Mexico State in week zero. A Nevada defense that has non-scholarship players in the two deep going through a scheme change. And then a Nevada offense that is same thing, all run based, slow clock grind. Uh, this number was six and a half. By the time Nevada was playing New Mexico State, it was down around five and a half. And by the time that game was over, when Nevada won by, what, 11, that line dropped all the way down to a pick. So what's going on right now with teams like Nevada, Arkansas State, Hawaii? Books cannot find where the floor is. And so you're going to see this number move until they find somebody that they respect to find this number. Is that a pick? I don't know, because right now I see a book that's got Texas State minus one and a half. A Sunbelt team, a favorite on the road in elevation is crazy. But I mean, the, the books are going to struggle to find the floor in the market. And when they do, it's probably going to pay off for them because this thing has moved a lot. It's moved a touchdown in just a few days. That's an insane move. Stuck, what do you think of that? Yeah, Nevada is awful. Um, they were, last week they beat New Mexico State as one of the worst programs in the country by eleven. Yeah, but they had five turnovers to New Mexico State zero. They turned it over themselves, but the refs failed to review it. They fumbled it twice, recovered both, were thoroughly outplayed. They averaged three yards per pass. This is an offense that lost, you know, pro pro potential strong at quarterback Romeo Dubs at receiver. They lost their whole team base, their whole staff. They're the fewest returning starters in all of college football and a brand new staff as concept. There's no depth. I mean, and last week they looked awful. I thought they were going to be awful. I bet season win total under, and I downgraded them last week. Um, so yeah, this team's going to be bad. And then uh, something, an angle worth that only comes up this week every year, and it's unique to college football is unlike the NFL where everyone starts in week one in college football, you have a few teams that start in week zero and then, you know, they'll play a team that is playing their opener in week one. And if you look back historically, I wrote this all up and go really in depth on the action network app and actionwork.com teams that are playing. So you, you might ask, you might sit back and ask yourself, okay, who has the advantage here? Maybe it's the team who already played, right? They shook, they got the rust out. They got to get live game experience and now they get to go play again. They're going to have a leg up on the team that hasn't played yet. Well, yeah, the opposite's actually true. Over the past 25 years, the team playing their first game against an opponent who has already played has covered up 63% of the time, 59% FBS versus FBS. The reason for that, in my opinion, is twofold. One, you have a preparation advantage, right? Instead of while the other team was preparing for another opponent last week, you were preparing for your season opener. And most importantly, in my opinion, you have a film advantage. You get to see what they did. And in college football, there's a lot of turnover coaches, new players. So you get to see what they did on film and adjust. And then you have that advantage of the unknown. They haven't seen what you want to do yet. You can kind of unleash some of your wrinkles. So that applies here. Texas State is playing their first game of the season. Nevada played last week. They got to get to see what they did and adjust. And Nevada won't really have that edge. 
you know what it's time for right now? Little college football playoff. Okay. Reveal, Stucky, your college football final four. I'm, I'm going to say Alabama and Ohio State, first of all, and they're playing for the national title. Uh, so they're in. And the other two, it really doesn't matter. It is really wide open. I'm going to say, oh, my gosh, Miami and Georgia. But I, my- I, I, I have no conviction in those other two teams. It is that wide open. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if a number of teams get in that. I think the ACC, I, I think the Big 12 is going to cannibalize itself. Do I trust anyone in the Pac-12? Colin's going to tell you Utah, but not really. No. I mean, Oregon hosts Utah. I think they're going to beat them. And it's the Pac-12. When, when are they ever – so then what are you left with? Like, you're down to the ACC, a second SEC team. Like, the Big Ten's not getting two. So, I it's I think it's going to be – and I don't trust Clemson's quarterback situation. If, if DJ, their quarterback, ends up taking a big step forward and they lost their coordinators – and they come out of the ACC, they host NC State. NC State will be in the mix to win the ACC. Then Clemson will come out of it. But um, I'm going to, you know, you can't just go all chalk. I'm going to throw Miami out coming out of the ACC. And then I'll go with a second SEC team, um, boring Georgia. And then it's Alabama, Ohio State, chalky, chalky national title game this year. And it should be a good one. And then you expect Alabama, Ohio State? Mm. And yeah, they'll be wins. one, two. Uh, I'll say Ohio State. Colin, you like Miami too? You like Utah? Who's your <laughs> Who's your nobody believes it college football playoff pick? And by the way, I subscribe to the theory when I was the editor-in-chief of ESPN in the magazine, as everybody knows, I was a, a pretty big deal. Oh, you were? Yeah, I used to always uh, go with the most outrageous Super Bowl predictions because my theory was at the end of the year, who gives a fuck if you're like wrong? And if you're right, then it means you made the outrageous choice and you didn't go with the Cowboys and the Niners or like, I mean, or the Cowboys and the Patriots, right? Which is what everybody would do. So, yeah, but Chad, I'm going to disagree with you now on today's day and age. And this is really funny you said that because on Saturday, watching game day, I, and you can have a tweet saying like, look how outrageous this was. You know, that's the whole premise of freezing cold takes. Desmond Howard came out with his college football playoff prediction. It was the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. It was Baylor, um, Michigan, Texas A&M, and someone else, and then Texas A&M winning it. So I said, I took my calendar out and put an event on the day that the college football playoff was announced and said, remember Desmond Howard tweet. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to go back and then say, here it is. So, but I think back in the day, you're right. Um, you just can't be that crazy. It's college football. Like here, th- there's, there's been like eight teams in total that have ever made the college football playoff. It is like, you'll have one, like Cincinnati last year was like, whoa, you can't have like four teams that never make it getting in all at once, especially this year. Like, if you think about it in years past, we've had like last year, Alabama and Georgia, I had them like really close coming into the year. And, you know, Ohio State's always been up there. Clemson has always been up there up until last year. And then they took a big drop down. We've never had this separation with Ohio State and Alabama at the top is probably as as big of a gap going into the season. Things can change as we've seen from two to three in a long time. Would you agree, Colin? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, Ohio State and Alabama are my pick in the national championship game. I have money on Ohio State, but that's only because FanDuel happened. <laughs> 
was happy enough to uh, put them out at eight to one for me right after the national championship last year. Uh, but I am going to fire on Alabama at some point because that's your national championship game. And I do think the Crimson Tide by then will be the ones that win this. So Stucky and I'll go head to head there. The other two teams, like 12 teams have made the college football playoff. Seven of them never had a chance. So I'm glad that we're going to talk about expanding the playoff. It doesn't matter. There's only a couple programs that can win the national title. Yeah, so. but it doesn't matter, but it's fun and we can bet on it. So yes, expand, expand, expand. Please. I, I mean, I, I would rather have the RNL Carriers Bowl featuring App State and, and somebody, you know, somebody from the AAC than, than watch a quarterfinal game with Wake Forest in it. But all right. So the other is two- the only chance you don't want to see Arkansas in a, in a 64 team playoff is the only chance they have. You get to the playoff. Come on. Uh, by winning. the way, Colin's fading Arkansas, Chad. You forgot to ask him about we're, that. We're winning. I, I, we were talking about so many games. I didn't get to ask him about Arkansas. I wanted Simon to ask him about Arkansas, but he went on this tangent about Florida. He started making his own decisions on the goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Cincinnati's going to cover against Arkansas, so get your number there. Arkansas has got way too many questions on the defensive line, and Traylon Burks is gone, so we don't know who KJ Jefferson wants to throw to. But, uh, you know, as far as my playoff picks go, I agree with Stucky, Alabama, and Ohio State, head and shoulders above everybody else in college football. I'm going to take uh, NC State – beating Clemson in October. They've done it before. They're going to do it again. They're not scared. Uh, They're going to win the ACC. They're going to be in the college football playoff. And then, yeah, Utah. Sure, they go to Oregon, but they also host USC and Rice-Eccles with one loss heading into the Pac-12 championship. They'll be right at the door again, and they will make it if they can win that stupid championship game down in Vegas. Hopefully, they're pulling the Rebel Roller uh, and going to the, the college football playoff. Here it comes. The Rebel Roller just unveiled today. A giant slot machine used in the wake of any UNLV score or turnover forced. But again, I agree with Stuck. The Alabama and Ohio State are so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, Colin's pulling a Chad. He's just, you just say Utah every year, and then the one time you get it right, eventually, <laughs> yeah. you say, I said it was Utah. I knew it was Utah. Utah, baby. The Pac 12's got to get back in someday. Like someday they got, I mean, they're the refs have to know that we got to get a team in. Like, I mean, someday. Someday. Yes, Chad. I made an executive decision. Chad, Chad wanted me to ask you about Arkansas. I thought no one wants to hear about that. I want to hear about the Utah thing. Cause I'm trying to save Colin money. That's my goal here. I wasn't on their show last week. I couldn't tell them Northwestern lock of the lifetime against that fraud. I'm trying to save them money here. Cause the Utah as soon as I saw that line, stunk. That line stinks. It smells of a trap. Here. Nothing you can say, Simon. There's I, absolutely nothing you can I, say I or do. Colin turned red as soon as I started going. I go, I've made a huge mistake. But, uh, yeah, at this point, Chad, it's week one. What do we want now? We want their long shot futures. We want their best bets. Either one works. I mean, I gave out, was it Van Dyke, 80-1 to 1, to be Heisman? Now, I mean, I got guys like Stucky telling me Miami actually might make the playoffs. Thank you, Stucky. I needed that. I needed that boost. Give me some random long shot because you know college football. I mean, we've had the Baker Mayfields, the 50 to 1 Heisman guys come out of nowhere. Is there anything like that this year you can see happening where it kind of feels like the field is wide open? Go get Southern Miss at 50 to 1 to win the Sun Belt. They are in a joke of a division. Uh, Love it. They return a ton. Tykes at quarterback is amazing. Uh, they didn't even have a quarterback last year after having five of them injured, and they used two running backs to run it under center. <laughs> uh, they have a proven coach they, uh, from the offensive side of the ball. And like I said, that division is an absolute joke, and they've got a stinker of a schedule to make it to the championship game. Yeah, that uh, I like. I don't mind a, a flyer there. And Southern Miss week this week against uh, Liberty, I really like them. Plus three and a half. 
Southern Miss also took Liberty's offensive line coach from last year, a really good offensive line coach who knows everything Liberty does inside and out. It's probably going to help this summer. Uh, I'll throw out, you got to go with the Mac, like long shots in the Mac are, it's the most wide open conference of conference. You can see the biggest turnaround. Uh, shameless plug, go read by Mac manifesto. If you're into reading eight, 8,500 words about the Mac, um, but Ohio and or Eastern Michigan, whatever, uh, you know, if you, they're both green, I guess. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You maybe throw both. If you want to pick both, but whatever you have a better number on, I think I have them both like, 15 25 to one i think both have upside there's so much uncertainty in the mac this year and uh, ohio especially is in just a horrendous division that's wide open and it's the mac it's just going to come down to a, 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 like a couple field goals during weekdays and that's going to decide who goes to the mac championship so yeah ohio or eastern michigan throw a dart i think in the spirit of polygamy in the spirit of saving the environment Put a couple shekels on both. Go green. See what I'm saying? Mm. Uh-huh. Go green. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, boys, as Howard Stern says, you've said it all. We got long shots from the Mac. We got long shots from the Sun Belt. We're betting against Arkansas. We're on opposite sides of Florida. We got some college football playoff long shots. We got some bets for Thursday. We got some bets for Saturday. Woo! Colin Wilson, Stucky, go follow them both in the Action Network app. You can get every bet they make the second they make it. So then you can get the best of the number two wherever you are. Listen to them on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. It's a top 200 sports podcast, the podcast charts. You can see them, Big Bets on Campus, 10.30 a.m. Saturday morning live show. Get the latest on what they're thinking, along with Brett McMurphy, the mustache, in the Action Network app. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having us. Cheers. All right. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman for Simon Hunter, for producer extraordinaire Matt Mitchell. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify. Rate us, review, subscribe, give us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Love you.